you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast. The history is very rich here. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am in a room that's filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Colleen Wolf herself, and uh, Greg Rosenthal. What's up, people? Hey, Dan. I don't appreciate this. Poor Colleen. What was the, what was the source information on that one, uh, Lindsay? The history is very rich here. This is this is never gonna leave me ever. I can't believe this. I can't believe you figured this out. That that was from right. your your job working for the Poconos uh, Valley Golf Course. What was it called? Yeah, it was uh, it was a show I hosted I like called it. Inside Golf. Yeah, just gotta let the list. Did you feel that way about the uh, the setting when you were there? Were you that swept up? Because um, there's multiple comments like that about where you were in the Poconos. It's I think my insane. mental state was in question at that point. Would you sure. define it as like a serene setting? Yeah, it was beautiful. It's just such a serene setting. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, this is the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Apologies uh, for promising a show Monday, but then at the same time, it's like, well, well, what did it cost? What did it cost you? You know, it didn't. Not show a sense. Up. So, so slow down with your criticism. It didn't show up. Uh, we decided because we we did a juicy, supersized show on Saturday. Let that sucker breathe. Uh, get the tiny box back from Dallas. Back. Get Sessler back from jury duty, and have a real powerhouse show because this is a uh, one of my favorite shows of the off season, which is around the AFC in forty eight minutes. This is the whole reason. This the genesis of this. Uh, Segment Very specific was uh, NFC banged in a big spot. Well, that that will be Friday <laughs> or Thursday. When is it? When Thursday. Is Thursday. Thursday. We'll do the NFC. AFC goes first. It, it started once upon a time because when we used to be able to play music, I just wanted to have something to build around this uh, uh, the Daft Punk banger mm-hmm. around the world. 
we can't play that anymore. We can play this, which kind of sounds like Around the World by Daft Punk. Taking me back to Dallas. This is our <laughs> yes, our rights-free library, so we can't play Daft Punk, but that's the vibe we're going for. I think when you get into like the EDM electronica world, yeah. like the knockoff to most people, there's almost no discernible difference oh. from the original. I mean, to West, right. do you feel something completely different in that product we just listened to? That's definitely Daft Punk. If we did like <laughs> I mean, what, what do they call A/B testing and play Daft Punk and that, Wes, would you be able to tell? I mean, no. If you would have said who, who, they're not even singing. Who spins this <laughs> song? Whoever they are, who spins this song? I would have said certainly Daft Punk. Um, Colleen, a lot of EDM when you were in Dallas for the draft. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of music, a lot of nights out. I actually <laughs> the, the night before I left, I I went out with Jane Slater and company, and Tam really? Posey was there, and Emma VP, mm. and we stayed out. That really influences late. all. And I got back to the hotel, and I had to go to the airport. So I had, like, about 20 minutes to lay down and take a nap. And so I get to the airport, and I'm going through security, and I have my hood up, and I'm not in a very good spot. (laughs) And the woman behind me is the most cheery person from Dallas I've ever heard in my life. And she goes, you know... You kind of look like that girl who hosted the draft. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? And I just smiled. And at that point, I had like my retainers in. It was like a a thanks. (laughs) That's right. There was Thursday night, especially when all the world's watching the draft. It was attack of the uh, 50 foot, five foot woman. Yeah. Uh, Connie Fox on this giant screen in Dallas. Uh, the whole time you were like a it, star of the draft. It was almost better than being on the actual broadcast because you know that Daniel Jeremiah was tiny in Ooh. comparison to the Colleen Wolf image that was right above his head on national. Bell. Yeah, well, I made sure that that you know when they blocked all of the cameras that my face would make it into every camera <laughs> shot, no matter who was talking. Only slightly Machiavellian by you, right? <laughs> it's like you guys are very family friendly here. <laughs> uh, so Connie Fox is with us back from Dallas. Not quite a debutante, Mm-mm. but maybe you go down there again, you hang out with Jane Slater again. You know, you check you're out. heading there. Jane Slater's Instagram feed is basically a nonstop party. I feel like you could end up getting sucked into that culture. Just one more trip, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe. Exciting. Exciting times. Yes. Around the AFC in 48 minutes. This is what we like to do right after the draft. So free agency in the rear view, the draft now in the rear view. Let's get a good uh up-close look at each of the 32 teams in the league. We start with the American Football Conference. Three minutes. Lindsay, full time behind the glass, this is a very important show for you because you are in charge of the timer. Three minutes, and we have to stick to it. Three minutes max for each team. I'll give you guys some warnings as we move along. That's important. So we're going to go through every team. This year, mixing it up a little bit. Keep everybody on their toes. like that. Sometimes I go by division in the past. This year, alphabetical order. Isn't this Andy Reid's song? (laughs) Very close. That's next level, Dan. Next level crowd confusion you're creating there. (laughs) Alphabetical order. Alphabetical order. Three minutes a team. Uh, Each of us will take our turn. We'll go through it three times. With Mark, you you were the lucky man. You got a fourth team. So we're excited for what you have to say. Uh, You're excited about it, it sounds like. Or by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean the division of labor. A kind of little bit annoying, but that's thank fine. you a little bit. Uh, and each of us will be responsible for starting the conversation 
on the team that they are assigned. So, without further ado, you guys ready for this? <laughs> so much Please. pressure. Yeah. All right, let's go. Mark Sessler, get us going with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, when the Ravens win the Super Bowl two years from now with Lamar Jackson tearing up the NFL, will the Baltimore franchise be polite and timely enough to hand Ozzie Newsome an honorary ring for what he did during this year's draft? Will they buy Ozzie a fleet of luxury cars, a string of self-driving motorboats, and 200 robot servants after it is deemed that Newsome found the best quarterback in the draft to replace a back-addled, slow-as-maple syrup oozing out of a tree, Joe Flacco? Let me ask it another way. Did any team do more this offseason to upset the apple cart in their own division? Mm. Wow, I feel like I didn't prepare for this. No, no one else did. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> well, this is supposed to focus on the questions. Ravens, though. This is all about the Ravens. But you're asking us what other teams upset the apple cart. Well, did, well I, all right. Yes, did, they will give at, him a ring. From a Ravens angle, I feel okay. like the Ravens maybe blew up the AFC North a little bit with what they accomplished Ooh. this offseason where they came out of last year as one of the more milquetoast operations around. I think as much as I am looking forward to seeing Lamar Jackson play and Joe Flacco is a huge injury risk, they've given Joe Flacco a better chance to succeed this year and hold off Lamar Jackson so that Lamar Jackson is really about the future. Not only you know do they get Jackson, but they get a first-round tight end. They get a third-round tight end, Mark Andrews, who a lot of people like. They add, we've talked about all the receivers, and they have some continuity on their defense and on their offensive line. They, it's a good chance at least for Harbaugh and Flacco to save their jobs. As excited as I am about Lamar Jackson, I think Flacco and Harbaugh have a decent chance to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I love what the Bucks and Bears have done, but I don't think anyone's had a better offseason than the Ravens. Wow. I think totally different about this team now. The defense and special teams were, were among the best in the NFL for 75% of last season until Jimmy Smith got injured. It's the offense that needed work, and the offense got work, a ton of work. I love what they've done on offense. Yeah, I feel like tight end has been such an issue for them for so T long. Minus and one so to finally minute. have a nice first-round pick there. And also with Lamar Jackson, look at their offensive coordinator, Marty Morningweg. When he was in Philadelphia, he was there with Michael Vick, and he put together a ton of stuff for him to really showcase him. And I think when you're looking at Lamar Jackson and the skill set, he'll do the same with him. Is John Harbaugh who a lot of people, you heard it a lot, came very close to getting fired after the season. Is he potentially, if this team turns it around, is he like the head coach version of Les Snead, who was a guy on the ropes in L.A.? Be, yeah. And then all of a sudden, things got on track very quickly, and now Les has never been in a better position. Maybe John Harbaugh and the Ravens are in still going to be in a long-term marriage. He has a better chance, but it's tricky. You have Jackson there. You're going to have to balance trying to win this year with Flacco. And Flacco, you know, not just hurt last year. He wasn't good. So can you win with it? A defense last year was so good. They led the league in takeaways. That helped them. Some people say Flacco ain't no fluke. Some people say that pick was really DaCosta's pick for DaCosta's future. How about that theory? Justin Tucker is great. Don't like that theory at all. Wes, the Buffalo Bills. Prior to the draft, General Manager Brandon Bean admitted to our Aditi Kinkabwala that the Bills are indeed rebuilding and have not yet arrived despite their playoff appearance. They had a pretty nice draft. They pick up Josh Allen, Tremaine Edwards, uh, Harrison Phillips. How long until they can, you know, let's tell the Buffalo Bills fans because they probably think they're ready to compete right now. How long, in your sober-minded view as a non-Bills fan, Colleen's close. do they have to wait before they can make a legitimate <laughs> run at the Patriots for the division title? 
I feel like that has as much to do with the Patriots as it does the Bills and what happens with Tom Brady and New England over the next couple seasons. That said, when you see a team successfully turning around under a coach-GM pairing, a lot of people say it needs to really show its earmarks by year two and absolutely by year three. If they aren't a playoff team by next season, one that we can count on, I will say this, that they don't look back on last year and over-credit the roster and the team for what they have says a lot about that organization. I think they were not, we didn't view them as a real playoff team. They kind of backed in and they have a lot of work to do as many needs as any team out there. What do you think their quarterback situation is going to be? Because they do have this raw, unpolished talent at quarterback and AJ McCarron is the guy they signed, but who loves AJ McCarron? Is he going to be their starter for most of the season? I think it's a downgrade from Tyrod Taylor and a pretty significant downgrade. I never thought Tyrod Taylor was the answer. You're saying to both of them. In year one of Allen, yes, I do think that. But I think that McCarron, I mean, we we know that the Bengals never came close to thinking about replacing Andy Dalton with A.J. McCarron. Well, Marvin Lewis me, is an idiot. Tells me everything I need to know about A.J. McCarron. It's a brand-new offense in Buffalo, too, which has gotten a little overshadowed. They fired their coordinator. They bring in Brian Dable from Alabama. you got to think McCarron had a good draft because if you were going to get paired with one of these rookie quarterbacks, I think it's fair to argue that Allen is the most raw and is going to give McCarron a chance to actually start a bunch of games. T the minus pass one make minute. me really nervous there, but I love what they've done on defense in the offseason, bringing in Vontae Davis, Darla Tulele, Trent Murphy. I think like that's going to be really good with Sean McDermott. But, I mean, if you have Josh Allen in there, who's who's surrounding him to help him? I mean, yeah, you have LaShawn McCoy, but otherwise, who are you throwing the ball to? A bad offensive line, too. This, depends what this you mean will by be con- one of the worst offenses in the NFL this year. It depends what you mean by contending. I don't see why they can't be a 9-10 win team if everything fell right for them this year because McDermott's a good defensive coach. Like If everything fell right. Congratulations, your upside is 500. Yeah. Yeah. But that, if you have a young seven, ten franchise quarterback – in the building, and you go eight and eight, you're going. In, that's fine. That's a. I feel like that's a victory if they have a 500 season, even though they made the playoffs last year. I think we're going to see Josh Allen for at least six games. Yeah, I think we're going to see Nate Peterman for a few games too. Ooh, not giving up on Peterman. No, it's more about what AJ McCarron is than what Nate Peterman is. Tony Fox, the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so the Bengals last year they had. One of the worst offensive lines. I mean, it was such a tragedy to watch. And now this year, they brought in, they traded for Cordy Glenn. I like that they drafted Billy Penn, but I Billy just, Price or Billy Billy Penn, Billy Price. Uh, but that whole right side of the line still has issues. They don't know who their right tackle is going to be. That's the second year, so I just don't know. With will the offensive line there in Cincinnati be the biggest problem again for this team? Did they do enough to sort of help the Bengals in that department? That's a fair question. I think they're going to be light years ahead of where they were last year, but they still have more room to grow. I mean, last year's line was just atrocious, and it's hard to believe that they agreed to enter a season knowing that their line was that atrocious. But this year they've at least attempted to fix it. I think they'll be quite a bit better. They're they're similar, not every year, because obviously there's changes, but they're always counting on their players on their own team to just get better. And that's kind of their MO. And they've been in a little bit of a down cycle. And if you're Marvin Lewis, I think maybe you convince Mike Brown that this team, Joe Mixon, for instance, and some other players, that they're ready to take a step up. The guys that are there, because they don't play their rookies that much, usually. Usually they sit their rookies for a year. What is Marvin Lewis 
What is his status with the Cincinnati Bengals after mm. what was really a crazy turn of events where it, entirely it, unchanged? He, he was, will continue to exist on one and two year contracts. It was a two year until con- he, like the post revolution right. America. But he could certainly get. But fired. is he on the hot seat? Like yeah, or is he now given two more years where he doesn't no. have to worry about? If his he job? bombs, if he has another six and ten, he, he gone. Come on, I, you, I would think you rarely see coaches on the hot seat when, in the NFL who have as much say in personnel moves as Marvin Lewis does. It's weird that he would be on a hot seat, and yet weird. his coaching staff is the one making the draft picks in concert with Duke Tobin, but th- his coaching staff does as much homework on the draft picks as any in the league. I mean, Mike Brown almost admitted that the, the way that season ended was T what got minus Marvin Lewis one hired minute. again. Those last weeks made a big difference for him. There have been at least five off-seasons where they could have decisively moved on from Marvin Lewis in the entire experience, and I don't... I just don't see it happening unless, you know, Brown thinks I'm going to go basically get John Harbaugh. If they want to want to fire John Harbaugh in Baltimore, we'll take someone else. But it's like he's going to have to be so convinced of a of a candidate better than Marvin Lewis because the Bengals, to me, as much as you want to, they they had a nice draft and there's and you feel like it's going to be the Joe Mixon show. You're going to get you're going to get John Ross back. That helps. But at the same time, I look at the Bengals and it's like have a nice eight and eight season. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel about them, too. I mean, they, they really struggled to run the ball. Joe Mixon, he was only at like 3.5 yards per carry last year. And, and all that stems from the offensive line, too. What about the uh, John Ross wipeout season Ten. last year? Tyler Nine. Eifert. I'm sick of talking Eight. about if Tyler Eifert's Seven. healthy, Six. but is there they got players an team. upside where it's they can It's not a bad roster. I don't mind Tyler Croft, for that matter. It's not yeah. a bad roster. I don't have a room for improvement. <laughs> Cleveland Browns. One year ago in this very exercise, Mark Sessler said this about his Cleveland Browns. I get it. You do all sort of charity work. Stand up. Be braggy. Be, be, you know, please. Absurd. They responded responded to the Quiet Storm's fighting words by pooping out an 0-16. But this is a new day. Trades, free agent spending spree, a new GM, he's a cowboy, a sexy draft class, uh, and the number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. With Tyrod Taylor presumably presumably behind center this season, that's what we're being told, is this the year that the, the, Brian, the Browns finally get their respect back? Or do they have a head coach in place that will make it a situation where they have to wait to get him out of the building until that can happen? The, How big a problem is Hugh right now? They're so talented that I don't think that Hugh or Haley what? or Greg Williams can blow it. Because here's why. If they win five games, everyone's going to be cool with that. I really believe that. And I and I feel like that should be the floor for this team. Four, four in a terrible worst-case scenario. Or five. Because that should mostly be a worst-case scenario. Four in a terrible worst-case scenario for the Browns. For, for most teams. But this is a talented, normal team. And I just think it's going to be hard not to win five games. And I think people will be kind of happy with five games. And there is upside to do better. I think it depends what type of five wins those would be. Dan and like, West I, not buying me. No, I'm a, like I did listen to what what we I listened to last year's around the AFC just to see how insanely off we were on some things. <laughs> Overall, as a group, not too bad. Some things were remarkably dumb. But what I said about the Browns was embarrassing because it's the same thing I say every off season in in early May, and it's you're imbued with this optimism coming off of. Eight players that, you know, not as a major college football watcher, they all seem great to me, and everything they've done seems great. But they, the one thing that I, that I think sticks two years, three years in a row, they should have won more games two seasons ago. They could have won more games last year, I think, with a better coaching staff. And so if you start T one in seven, one minute. they're going to have to overhaul everything from the coaching side. It is all, there's no, there is so much pressure on this coaching staff. 
They have talent. Last year in the same exercise, my question was, without the quarterback in place, why should we think they'll be any right. better than 115? But they actually have now they have a two quarterback. quarterback. That's they, they haven't had Barry, any quarterbacks, know, and they have two. We don't know anything about Baker Mayfield, but plenty of possibility with him. But we, they have in Tyrod Taylor, Wes, a guy that can get in there and win some games. This is not crazy to think 6-10, and 7-9, right? Yeah, this is the other half of my Tyrod Taylor opinion. He's much better than A.J. McCarron, but he's just good enough to get benched every single year. He's going to get benched because it happens every year. He leaves a lot of things on the field that drives coaches crazy. And one thing we've seen in the fallout of this draft is that most of the NFL had a very high opinion of Baker Mayfield. I was really surprised with the Denzel Ward pick, by the way. I thought for sure they were going to go Bradley Chubb, but I guess that just shows how much uh, they really like Emmanuel Ogba there. Greg, the Denver Broncos. You know, John Elway... Get, get songs written about him, and he's he very confident that he gets his man. Well, he hasn't had a good draft in about seven years, since about 2011. One of the worst drafters in the NFL. But looking at this draft, getting lucky that Bradley Chubb fell to him at five, everything we hear about Cortland Sutton, the second-round pick, did Johnny Boy finally get a double, let's say, in the draft and, and do enough to get the Broncos right back in the mix? I think he did. I, I really like the Broncos draft. Um, the biggest question mark on the team is is the quarterback. And a lot of that, as we've seen the past couple of years since Peyton Manning retires, do you have the running game and offensive line to support a borderline NFL starting quarterback? The last two years, the answer has been a definitive no. And I'm not sure what's changed now, but I like what he did in the draft. It just might take a year or two before that offensive line and ground attack are good enough to support they didn't really add anyone on the line. So they're basically, you know, they added Jared Valdir, who was a problem for the Cardinals last year. And otherwise, they're kind of hoping that the guys that were there are better. One question about Case Keenum, because in this room, by the end of the season, we were saying Case Keenum is not a fluke. This guy all year has played like a true, you know, top 15 quarterback. Are we now downgrading? Because there are some weapons in Denver as well that he can do some damage with. I think it's because he's 30 years old. and out. And Which it's is not, not old at all. It, no, but, it's out, but outside of last year's stunning season on a Vikings offense that really did not have a major weakness, even when they suffered injury, that he thrived in that offense. But it's fair to look at the other body of work that he's produced and say, will he go do it again in a completely new system with a new team with the issues that Greg just mentioned? I think one of the things we've learned over the years, and we all ought to know it by now, is that outside of 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, every single quarterback must be surrounded by a strong running game, offensive line, T play caller, all of that. Minute. So much depends on that. And when I look at the Broncos, that's their weakness. Yeah, They don't have that, that support system that the Vikings had. That's a problem. On on defense, though, this is the team that got Bradley Chubb. And when you have him and Von Miller in there, that is like that reminds me of how the Broncos used to be well, and how they really used to get after. The it's also a defense that needed a shot in the arm because they haven't been as good mm-hmm. uh, since their Super Bowl year, which was a very high. The bar. turnovers killed that defense last year that they were like suddenly defending an offense that picked the ball off and they have 15 yards to go for a touchdown he, every week. He hasn't hit on picks, so they're, they've gotten thinner. But Derek Wolf, Von Miller, Shaq Barrett, you got Shane Ray as maybe your fourth you know, pass rusher. If you can have one of the better pass rushes in the league, then you got a chance. Any other thoughts? Let's move on. Next up, back to Mark Sessler. 
the Houston Texans. I deduced that was coming to me because there's no team in the AFC whose city name begins with E. So I knew that H was coming around uh, the mountain good. there. Anyways, I realized that the Texans, they didn't Get alphabet pick. knowledge. There we go. They didn't, yeah, pick. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> they didn't pick until the third round. So I feel like they kind of just got forgotten this weekend. And they, they, they really did. It's like, But at the same time, I like to pack in why that didn't happen because they got to Sean Watson last year. And I still look at a team that their biggest issue was that offensive line. And they did a lot in free agency to shore up that line with versatile guys they can move around. They got someone in the third round as well. Martinez Rankin, a Dan Hansis prospect along the line. So you're now giving to Sean Watson, who had this insane five-week stretch where they, they averaged 35 points a game under him. And then the whole thing went away. Why can the Texans not be an AFC title game team? Because I think last year they were one of the weird teams that could have beaten New England in the playoffs. They haven't changed that much except for improving the line. Why is the concentration? While I'm doing this? Very good concentration. Yeah. What on earth is happening? <laughs> two, two things. It's around one, the AFC. One is the offensive line actually improved because the guys they brought in it couldn't are, be worse. Are rejects from other teams. Mm-hmm. They're guys nobody else wanted, and they're not that impressive to me. So the offensive line is the f- first question I have, and the second one: Can JJ Watt stay healthy? That's a real question now. Well, they were flaming teams without J.J. Watt last year. That's all I'd say on offense. Like, if you're scoring, they scored 57 points against the Titans. Easy to forget that kind of a game. That was, it was eye-opening what Watson did, and, and it's very exciting to think what he could do uh, in 16 games. But the Watt thing, and you don't want it to turn into one of these what-ifs because there's nothing worse than when there's a real, like, all-time type star that you get to see it for five years, and then it just disappears. Uh, due to injuries, and now it's fair to ask. Last year, you could still stay positive and be like, all right, he's finally over it, but now is Watt ever going to be Watt again? And uh, I thought Jadavian Clowney took another step next year, but he still isn't maybe the superstar that they thought he was going to be. There is room for growth on that defense. I love what they've done with the secondary, though, when you bring in Tyron Matthew and Aaron Colvin, and then you draft Justin Reed. I mean, their secondary, when they had A.J. Bouye there, it was great, and then when he was gone... They, that was a major weakness for them last year. So I think that that's really improved over the offseason. I can't tell if I think they're gonna they're a candidate to be four and twelve or twelve Whoa. and four. Like they could be either way because they their problems are pronounced. They kind of look like a top heavy roster with some stars, but then some big issues uh, and maybe not great depth. But O'Brien's always been able to figure it out. And if Deshaun Watson is half as good as he looked. Would that that include teams like with the sample size that you got from Deshaun Watson, the teams have used time to to have an antidote to what he... I think it's fair to not expect Deshaun Watson, you know, to not light up the league quite as much as he did. Because it would would be be insane if he did. 4-12 and would be maybe a Vince Young-esque downturn. Hmm, Interesting. Chris Wessling, the Indianapolis Colts. After their draft and free agency. and like how calm Wes comes in. Yeah. Very under control. Go ahead, Wes. Start playing that music under him, see what happens. Put that Mr. Rogers sweater on, and he's in complete control. Give him the three minutes. Give him three more minutes. Go ahead, Wes. Well, with Andrew Luck. It's all yours. Talk for three straight minutes. With Andrew Luck returning to health, starting guards in each of the first two rounds, uh, some interesting running backs and wide receivers late in the draft. It's easy for me to believe the Colts will have one of the most improved offenses in the league. But the other side of the ball is there any defense in the NFL worse than the Indianapolis Colts? Mm. Yikes. Problematic. You cannot this expect be rookies to come in and all of them to be hits. In <laughs> fact, most be rookies are competitive liabilities this in their first be year, and they're going to be playing a lot of rookies. The secondary, I, I can't even make a depth chart out of their secondary. 
And they need guys that they took last. Part of it is last year's, you know, draft class. Malik Hooker, Quincy Wilson, that those guys need to be, they're, they're Ballard's guys that they need to step up and matter. What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at their almost every position group and it's who are your blue chip like five-star players that you're yeah. anchoring on. The last four or five teams you talk about, J.J. Watt, Von Miller, you know, rookies that are coming in that are game changers. And with the, with the Colts, they had so much to do, it's like so much to Jamal accomplish. Sheared. They've got Jabal Sheard. You know what they need? They need like a Saints-like draft because they took this Darius Leonard, the outside linebacker, round two. They took uh, uh, Kimoko Ture yes. out of Rutgers and then another defensive end uh, 12 picks later. Uh, so they are – obviously they see what you see. And they just need to hope that they're scouting. They had four second-round picks. That's unheard of. Four second-round picks. Literally yeah. unheard of. Back-to-back guards. I've never heard of it. I never love been Quentin done Nelson, before. though, for them. Like, that's a, that that's perfect. It, it's, that's the, the best guy that they could have gotten in the first round for that offensive line. Dan, are you jealous that Chris Ballard this week <laughs> invited reporters in, down into their lab to watch film with him so that they really? could understand why they drafted who they mm. drafted? I like that little pullback of the curtain. Chris Ballard outreach. A departure from most of the minus um, scared NFL personnel around the league who think that everyone's trying to get their secrets. Wait, but why would I have an issue with that? I don't know. Just because you're a big Ballard <laughs> fan? You just want that quality time. <laughs> Not, oh, I don't know. Oh, other don't people really are know. getting uh, really Ballard know. quality time? Didn't quite make sense. Yeah, but I, it's good. that I didn't know that nug. That's a good nug. Little BQT. BQT. Mm. Big time in a big spot. I just hope Andrew Luck's playing for the Colts. Come on, buddy. And they that's a major stretch question. it out, baby. Like, like, out right, that that's their blue chip talent, and they drafted like guards high, and so in theory that helps out their running game. But their running game is either Marlon Mack or two third day guys that they drafted this year, or uh, Hines and Wilkins, or it works. Or, what the awakening, Kristen Michael, who resigned with the oh. oh. Don't pull us back into this oh, dark yeah. corner. <laughs> Don't pull us back. You can play. I love it. All right, next. Tiny box. Tiny box is on the clock here. All right. So <laughs> I like what they did uh, in the draft. They, When I looked at these wide receivers before the draft, I mean, letting go of Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, it was a mess. And it still is a little questionable. They drafted DJ Chark, who's a really explosive wide receiver. Um, but beyond that, they have Dante Moncrief, Marquise Lee, Rashad Green. It's not a great group of pass catchers. I do really like what they did at defensive tackle, Taven Bryan. So they kind of are doing what the Eagles did last year. They have a ton of depth there, and they can rotate guys in. But really, how much do you guys trust the Jags can continue to climb in the AFC with Blake Bortles and this group of pass catchers? Outside of the most important position in professional sports, their roster is better than anyone else in the NFL. Right. That's I, why the Lamar, Lamar Jackson thing was so well, scary. Here's the thing, him. though: is their offense that is is it great at all? I, Fournette, I, I still think the book is out on how much of a difference maker he's going to be, and then the rest of the well, offense. He, he already was a difference maker. I guess, like, literally, was a difference maker. I, I want to see. First of all, they had their best games of the year without him. I think that was a coincidence, but it's just a fact. That I think he has to prove to me that he's in that sort of upper echelon of like running backs, like the Todd Gurley that type. I don't know if he's there. Like I, I watching him game after game. I don't know if he's there. And then the rest of the offense, not just Bortles. Eh, Colleen mentioned it. Well, I, I like that they went out and got Andrew Norwell at left guard. Mm-hmm. Where we, we saw the Titans last year. We, who would have thought? 
oh, the Titans are going to completely lose this identity that under John Robinson we thought was such a nice change in Tennessee for once that there's something to latch onto. It vanished entirely. I don't think the Jaguars do because their defense is up and down, a completely badass team that can. It's not. I don't see a regression on defense. Now I'll listen to this a year from now and probably laugh T myself. Minus but one I still minute. think that they can run the ball. They still have a good offensive line, and I don't doubt Fournette the way that you do in terms of like being a true difference maker. I don't. I don't doubt him. I just think he hasn't shown that like next level of like this is a guy you build an offense around. He, he's shown he's a solid starting running back, and he does some things. Here, here's what their moves, including the way they played in the playoffs, show me that Blake Bortles' psyche is so fragile he can't possibly face competition or even a high-quality backup <laughs> in that roster. And that's how you end up with Cody Kessler. Now, what, if times Tanner get tough, Lee. if times get tough, in that organization, and they are, you know, four and six or four and five, and the quarterback is what's killing them. Cody Kessler, that that's the guy. That's the problem. To, yeah. to answer your question, I'm not I'm not confident that they can take the next step because I think it's one of the hardest things in the NFL to do to be a top five team more than one year in a row, and it's easier if you're good on offense. I always think it's right. easier. That's if you're fair, All right, it's halftime. Oh, yeah. Ooh, already? And now, another edition of Keeping Up with Bowen. <laughs> you remember Mo Reed's Bowranger. Oh, my God. You remember Mobo. This he is came that, into what's the Mobo draft up to? in 2016 with the Vikings. Didn't make it with the team uh, a roster limit casualty before the 2016 season kicked off. You thought Mobo was gone? You're wrong, baby, because the former sixth-round pick of the Vikings signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. He was added to their roster via the league's International Player Pathway Program. The team announced as part of the program four teams, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. That's the AFC North. Interesting. Uh, will each carry a player from the program until the end of training camp. And that was another edition of Yet Not Beyond. Keeping Up with Bowen. We're just assuming that these people don't make the team? Well, if they're not, yeah. I'm you know assuming how, that Murray's bone ringer, who we never heard a peep out oh. of in Minnesota, will not make the Bengals. You know how sometimes you have to kind of like explain, like a re I try to, pro no. you know, tell you to explain a reference for the listener? That's the first one I needed it explained to me. It's been so long since we were. Was that you too that was playing? <laughs> kind of. Uh, <laughs> Kansas City degree. Chiefs. It's German music. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the splashy focus of this offseason for KC is centered around the trade of Alex Smith and the rise of Patrick Mahomes. But the real question facing this team is whether their defense is worth a damn. Certainly didn't look that way in the playoff loss of the Titans where they couldn't get a stop in the second half. My God, what a disgrace. KC invested their first five draft picks on the defensive side of the ball last week. But will this unit actually be any better? Trading Marcus Peters away probably won't help. Hmm. I don't trust their secondary at all. That, no, I don't think their defense is going to be better. On paper, there's not much reason to think it's much better other than they just got rid of some old, aging, slower guys who are maybe being held on a little too long because of their names. Which is, it's, a I smart, don't think, it's a smart thing to do. I don't think bringing in David Amerson as a starter is going to make your secondary better. They played. They played Anthony. They paid Anthony Hitchens a ton of money. One of the most surprising contracts in the league, I thought, this offseason, because they think he's going to be a pretty big difference. They maker. believe in Reggie Raglan is they, the guy that can yeah. make a difference. D Ford could be so healthier. Do I agree with that. Kendall Fuller is a good pickup. I mean, people 
you know, he's one of the better slot cornerbacks in the league. They should be better because I don't think it's going to be hard for them to be much worse than they were. But that's, I mean, they need to be better than a little better. Yeah, I don't think adding a slot corner is the solution to to replacing Marcus Peters. The team could still be a lot of fun. I think they could still. Well, they also get Eric Berry. You know, one they of get Eric Berry back uh, a year or older and coming off a serious injury. But you you don't doubt a guy like that. Uh, but their offense is going to be exciting. They're going to score points if Mahomes is good. There is. I don't, you know, cheese fans out there, I'm not wishing this upon you, but there is a, a dark scenario where all the assumptions that Mahomes is going to step in immediately and be a minute. Pro Bowl level quarterback, if there's growing pains or, God forbid, he's not actually that good, then they might actually be a bad team. They could really yeah. take a big step back this year. I like a, I like pairing a rookie quarterback with Kareem Hunt better than some of the other rookie cornerbacks out there. And, you know, you went out, you got Sammy Watkins, you still have a lot of speed. You have Tyreek Hill. I feel like they, they prioritized putting stuff around Patrick Mahomes to help him succeed. But un- unquestionably, it's a variable. We've seen one game and it was a promising game. And they love him, but it's like you got to see it. It's we've like, seen 20 years of Andy Reid, and that's the kind, and, and what he's done, especially in Kansas City. That's kind of why. I, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying we shouldn't assume it. Yeah. No, it's quite possible it. that they'll be much more exciting to watch and much less effective in the one-loss column. Yeah, it could be a really explosive offense. Like it, it, it's really interesting to think about Sammy Watkins as that downfield threat, but also like I mean, it's not just the secondary as you mentioned uh, in, in terms of the defense. Ten, that run defense nine, was eight, a major problem seven, last year. That's what got them six, killed in the playoffs. Could not get a stop four, against a Tennessee yeah. offense three, that was not blowing two, people's doors off last one. year. How about my guy Brett Beach drafting <laughs> Reggie McKenzie's son? Now he's your guy. To Reggie McKenzie. Now he's your guy. Greg, your boys, the Los Angeles Superchargers. Yeah. Well, after, you know, Tom Telesco had another excellent draft, Derwin James falling to him. A lot of people who, you know, look, I don't know, but people who know better Uch- love Uchenna Nuasu, their second round pick. And it got me thinking this was a defense heavy draft. Uchenna Nuasu? That's correct, actually. Uh,. Which is better? Because they're both they're pretty stacked on both sides. Which is better, the Chargers' offense or the defense? Well, is that it, is is this that a defense? is when you're feeling good about a yeah. team, and that's the question. This might be a defense first type of team now. What but, is more amazing, their yeah, offense or their defense? That's my question. First of all, great question. <laughs> now Wes's turn. Thank you. Great question. It's this, a tie. This team is absolutely loaded. They remind me of the Jaguars, where everyone said, "Hey, I'm not going to believe in the Jaguars," even though that December. Before, they showed they were one of the best teams in the league. The Chargers showed us they're one of the best teams in the league down the stretch. And I think they're ready to take that <laughs> Great jump. Stancy. The personnel is, is it's almost unmatched. <laughs> I mean, I would, take, I would take the defense because the strength of this team is the best pass rush in the NFL with Bosa and Ingram as the two pass rushers. Now you add Nuosu. And the offensive line, to me, still has some question marks. That The running game never found itself last year. Fair. The offensive line, a lot of that sack total, which is one of the best in the league, is because Phillip Rivers is a genius before the snap, and he gets rid of the ball quickly. I think the defense is legitimately what was like a top three D. Rivers stat you had in comparison to another quarterback? Oh, uh, Paxton Lynch got sacked. He's been sacked 18 times in his career on 128 attempts. Phil Rivers got sacked 18 times last year in nearly 600 attempts. Oh, my God. I mean, you've got Caleb Sturgis in there. <laughs> At this point, well, listen, here's the thing. You're not going to start the year 0-4. And, and the one thing that kind of gets forgotten is that there was a kind of a mid-season game against the Patriots where they, they the Chargers gave the Patriots a run for the money. And you're going to you're gonna go 4-0 and more likely than 0-4. Since 2010, 9-7, 8-8, 7-9, 9-7, 9-7, 4-12, 5-9, 9-7. 
I'm just saying. You could say the same thing about the Jaguars before last year, too. Okay. So I can't maybe believe be Derwin James version. fell to 17. Next. That's shocking. Mark hey, was Sessler. that the three minutes? Wow. That we could bad. go on and on about the Chargers. <laughs> Can we Around the Chargers podcast coming up <laughs> on in. Saturday night. The Miami Dolphins, Mark Sessler. All right. Someone solved this Nancy Drew-level mystery for me. Who are the Miami Dolphins? What is the plan here? What is the identity? When will this become evident to anyone living on Earth? <laughs> Too bad, Lindsay. Nice try with the music. <laughs> Question over. He got you. What's their identity? Help me out. I came out of the draft even ultra frustrated with the Dolphins. <coughs> I, I got nothing for you. I mean. I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what the plan is. It was the head coach. He told us I feel much. like he couldn't have. He couldn't have broadcast that to us more strongly, and he didn't want to. I mean, I, I guess what was the draft going to do to change it unless they took a quarterback? Because they took Mick well, Fitzpatrick, yes. who is kind of what they could use is a versatile guy that they can move around in their secondary. They drafted Mike Gasicki, which is about as exciting athletically at tight end, a huge position of need. So they did add guys that you yeah, can, you know, they, positions they didn't of need. address their biggest problem on defense. They didn't even, uh, they never replaced Indomitian Sue. That's the one thing that they really needed to do. You, you let the other two, you know, low-level, wanting teams in your division go out and at least try on quarterbacks while you did nothing. And 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 I get the belief in Ryan Tannehill, but I mean, we're we've seen Ryan Tannehill. Well, I don't. I can't. I can't kill him for that. Like they think they like Ryan Tannehill, but they have so many other issues to worry about. If they believe in Tannehill for now, if they stink like everybody seems to think they're going to stink. I don't think they they're going to get one. Stink. I, I don't know about stink. Somewhere I between just six and eight wins. Well, that's the always. thing. They're trying to keep their jobs from from Gase to their defensive coordinator is a new guy. You know, Matt Burke to the front office. Like all of them are just trying to make it to nine, 2019 on some level. I'm just struggling trying to find to a more wins. flavorless team that did li- very they, little to give us yeah. any indication of what their flavor is. They, yeah, I mean, they lose Jarvis Landry. Obviously, they got Danny Amendola. I don't know if that's Vanilla is a flavor. Exciting. Minus uh, Kenyon Drake. Minute. There was a little. I like Kenyon Drake, Drake a lot. Yeah, I, like I mean, Kenyon if Drake you want to, maybe he's the focal point of that offense, and Tannehill comes back, and he's efficient and accurate, and the best version of Brian Tannehill. I love how hard you're trying. They're just so boring. Just trying to balance it. I know you're you doing. Know, I don't you're... like the Dolphins. No, you're doing a great job. I admire that. But even when we said, <laughs> when you threw out like about them possibly thinking, everyone was quickly like, "No, we don't think they're actually going to be there." I don't think they're one bad. in fifteen. Yeah, we're like seven, seven wins, middle, seven wins middle of the road. They replace the interior of their offensive line. They're on the hamster wheel. They are. But it's not, yeah, it's weird because it's not like the NBA where you have to bottom out. No, you don't. There is an old Parcellsism, and maybe Tannehill fits this mold, that certain guys are labeled progress stoppers. They're not, you're not building towards something. They're not guys that you actually can count on. They're just there, and that doesn't allow your organization to grow. Maybe that's Tannehill. Dolphins have to hope that's not the case. Nobody has more Parcellsisms than Parcells. It's true. Did I say Bill Bill Parcells has a Parcellsism? No, I just meant Uh, like he does have a lot of these little Bon Mo's that people throw around. (laughs) Yes, he does. A lot of Bon Mo's. That's one of multiple Bon Mo's. It's one of his Sessler's favorite sandwiches. No, no one's ever (laughs) eating one of those again if I can control it. Do we have any sandwiches coming this week? I mean, you know, we used to all hang out together, like in the office <laughs> during the work week. Now, no one's ever together on the same page, so it's harder to have group meals. Next right. time we're together, That's I'll, so I'll get sandwiches. That's I got a new dog. place that that has the twenty-five best players, twenty-five cars. What? Yeah, cabs. Best new- sandwiches in the city. The defending AFC conference champions, the New England Patriots, Chris Wessel. 
The AFC sometimes <laughs> looks like West ramping it up again. The AFC sometimes looks like the NBA's Eastern Conference. Has any AFC team done enough to stop our annual tradition of penciling the Patriots mm. right into the Super Bowl? Hmm. Well, you know I'd always take the field, especially in the NFL. I, I on paper the Steelers still look great to me. I, they haven't done anything to get better. Right, but teams In fact they've gotten worse because teams they get lost better Ryan all the Shady time here. without like obvious off season moves. Tennessee Titans, I really like Maybe I'm getting too excited, but I like overall what they did in the draft and in general. I think the field's done enough, yes. The Steelers, are they – maybe they haven't done anything. We just talked about Ryan Chazier, the loss of him. Did they adequately address that defense? Ryan Chazier, who – there are weeks when he played like the defensive player of the year. Like, that's not a small loss. He was by far their most important defensive player. Well, Maybe the number one thing that other AFC teams have going for them um, is – organizational decay from within this from an interview Jim Gray and Tom Brady do you feel appreciated by them and do they have the appropriate gratitude for what you have achieved I plead the fifth (laughs) I mean think of where we are now and where we were in December that he's actually now Tom Brady is saying, I plead the fifth when asked if he's appreciated by his own organization. Knowing that that response is going to blow up yep. right. all over the and place. And he quickly added he quickly added three paragraphs of how much he loves Bill Belichick, how much he values him, and that, that he knows that Belichick thinks essentially not giving it up for Brady is the best thing to get it out of Brady. Right. It's called backpedaling. Why did you say, why did yeah. you open your statement Greg, with that very bizarre comment? Stuff. How could you completely brush I'm aside? Tom Brady knows exactly minutes. what he's saying. He went out of his way to put that out there in the public. It's just because I mean, that question feels up. like a plant to begin with. It was a planted Grace's question. Buddy. Yeah. Come, Come on. on. That's something. I th- no, of course it's absolutely something, but I think – Ultimately, the answer that he gave, he was having it both ways, was in the end, I know that I'm going to be there. He said he's going to be there for two more seasons, and he knows that in the end, he had to sort of like add that other part of it because he knows he's going to be playing there. When I look at the Patriots, I'm not really concerned about any of this off-field stuff. I'm more concerned that they've had an incredible amount of turnover this offseason. Their roster is as different as almost any AFC team in the league. Maybe that'll work out. Maybe it won't. But they have a ton of new starters on both sides of the ball. I just think from that Seth Wickersham article till now, between what Gronk and what Brady are now saying out in public, it just shows you it's uncharacteristic thing under that continues to haunt this organization. Belichick can coach Brady as hard as he wants. He doesn't need to have sources going to Seth Wickersham and throwing Brady under the bus saying that he's not playing well. This is Brady's response. Connie Fox, the New York football Jets. How about those Jets? You excited about them? That's my question. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, oh, I am. they finally, they get Sam Darnold. Your whole thing worked out, scamming for Sam. Yeah. But my whole thing is, even if Sam Darnold doesn't start right away because they have Josh McCown there, because they have like 75 quarterbacks on the roster, even if he doesn't start right away, do they have enough there to surround him to succeed? I mean, you talk about that offensive line was a problem last year. I know they brought in a couple guys, but is that enough? They the pass catchers there, the tight ends, Austin Safarian Jenkins is gone. I mean, the the tight ends they have on the roster right now have barely caught any passes in a game, let alone played NFL snaps. Yep. So, you know, maybe Terrell Pryor hits, maybe Isaiah Crowell does, and that would be great for him, but I just don't know. 
Uh, that's that's to the answer, Wes. I didn't dare bring up the Jets when he said who's ready to challenge the Patriots. They're not ready yet, but they have some pieces in place, and now they have a potential franchise quarterback. So now the rebuild is in place, and I'm hoping as a Jet fan, what I'm hoping for this year is Darnold starts 12 games, 10, 12 games, and he shows something, and they you know they start to look like a team that's building towards something and doing a rebuild the right way, which they very rarely have in their history. You go are, back they just, to, go, are they just wasting a year? Is this Mitch Trubisky with John Fox? Is this Jared Goff with Jeff Fisher? Because I don't really get into – I don't buy any sort of rebuild if you're going to have a new general manager or certainly a new coach a year from now. Do they have the patience to go 4-12, and 5-11? and Because I kind of doubt Todd Bowles – feels that way he probably feels like I gotta win eight nine games this is my year and and if not I'm looking at it like are we just you know wasting in defense of the in defense of the Jets they have been if if nothing else they've been stable I mean they've showed a lot of patience with this regime and we'll find out now I feel like now we're really gonna find out if this is gonna pay off I like Big Mac I thought this is McCagnan's plan yeah I I think that on balance I think he's doing a nice job with this team it hasn't been easy they haven't had a lot of results but I think I'm really excited to see where this team goes this year because I think they can compete in the AFC. I just I don't think you put pressure on this group of quarterbacks and especially Darnold in year one to have to get 10 wins or you blow up the organization because now you can build around your quarterback, which the Jets have not been able to do outside of a couple seasons since Dan was born, essentially. Peyton Manning went 3-13 at 13 as a rookie. Things turned around quick, but it's not you can't ask the Jets to do it all this season. This collection of talent overachieved in the games Josh McCown played last year I think when the Jets are good again, they're going to have a whole different new group of nucleus players. I don't see nucleus players on this offense. There's no like Not big playmaker on, on the defense. Offense. The defense isn't bad, by the way. Last year, no, I, I last year's yeah. trap helped this defense. The a defense lot. isn't bad, and if Donald comes Six, in and makes some plays, five, and they have some wide receivers four, and playmakers, three, two, I'm excited. One. I'm glad. But it's not time. Can't wait. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. Oh, that's me. I got so excited about talking about the Jets. John Gruden has been a busy man since returning to the Raiders. Uh, they've made seven trades, nine draft picks, a host of free agent pickups. Uh, it's a fairly radical overhaul for a team that was one of the NFL's biggest disappointments last year. Was such an overhaul truly necessary? Do we think the Raiders will actually be any better than last year's disappointing finish? Uh, all I'd say is that a lot of people came out of last year, it's not like players and others, unhappy with that coaching staff. And a lot of fingers being pointed at how the coaching staff handled that season. So I guess in theory, you've just put $10 in a multi-billion dollar bet down on the fact that John Gruden is the best possible coach you could have gotten. If that's the case, and team build. how could you be worse? You better be better, even though I don't like what they've done this offseason particularly no. much at all. Well, not just offensively in terms of Gruden that's to me an X factor. Like how much better he, like, is he going to be a difference maker as a coach that Paul Gunther, one of the more respected defensive guys in the league is taking over for what was one of the worst defensive staffs in the league. So the coaches should be better. They should have the same players and they have many different players, but they should be better. I'm not crazy about what they did in terms of free agency on offense, signing Jordy Nelson, and Doug Martin. I mean that, that to me really, really isn't great, especially for a quarterback who's coming off a down season where he was hurt. Is this even the third best team in their own division, or are they clearly the fourth best? Mm. If fourth best is not the way to say it. The but. worst. <laughs> to me, it's about, <laughs> like, their offensive line was so good two years ago, and it was pretty good pass protecting last year. Penn, Osemele, Hudson, 
Gabe Jackson. Like, that was maybe the best offensive line in the league. If they are near that level, then they can do a lot of I'm going to rephrase. Question for you, Wes. Do the Raiders of any AFC team have the highest ceiling to lowest floor ratio? Is it the biggest difference? I think that's a fair assessment because T I could see the offense going minute. back to the heights of 2016. And Greg's point is good about Paul Gunther. I don't see the defensive personnel that's going to make them like go from toward the bottom of the league to middle of the pack. I They might be able to cobble a front seven together. I don't trust that secondary at all. It could be the worst group of cornerbacks in football, and they didn't take anyone until I mean, the fourth round. Go look at the round. Colts roster. But it's in, that, it's in that conversation. That's a bad conversation to be in. You don't want to be in, in it. In the modern NFL, when you need, like, four cornerbacks. 49ers are in that mix, maybe. Like, there, there are some, t- yeah, they don't. And it's not like their safeties are great either. I mean, we're saying Houston go four and twelve or compete for the AFC title game, depending on who you talk to. So that's <laughs> another think, high high ceiling. To me, that is my high ceiling. When I think it could blow up, but if I think the Bengals are like that too. Just listening. Yeah. An relic of the aughts. Like the Raiders' season, we ran out of. Things to show the fans on that segment with a solid 10 seconds to go. The Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> uh, the defending uh, AFC North champions, Greg Rosenthal. I'm going to pivot based on something our editor, David Ely, sent me during this oh my exercise. God. Ben what? Roethlisberger quoted Thursday saying, the Mason-Rudolph era, it's not going to be for a while. And my question is, like, is there any quarterback you would rather be drafted behind less than Ben Roethlisberger? Right now. Um, that is not the guy I want in the room with me. Oh, just by oh, in terms if, of if, his. If you're Mason Rudolph. His generosity to help a young quarterback. He's grow. not in a Sam Darnold situation. No. I mean, are we factoring into everything associated with Big Ben? Yeah. Because his yeah. injury history would make me say as a quarterback, yeah, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. interesting. Yeah, I'm with Wes on this. But you're so taking sort like, of a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type angle here. I don't think, yeah. So you're, we're working under the assumption that Ben Roethlisberger, which I'm not even prepared to do, actually, is a total monster to his teammates uh, and won't be helpful and will try to aggressively stunt his understudy's development. Uh, but, I agree with you. But pull, the positive Big Ben gets hurt a lot. Big Ben's not worried about job security. Uh, one minute he wants to retire. The next it's like, this is never going to happen. I'm playing forever. I don't know if he thinks about anything, Ben Rollins. Wait, Ben going on <laughs> both sides, <laughs> honest here. Both sides of the same issue? I'm looking at every starting quarterback here, and Greg is – you're not wrong that he's got to be high on that list, Big Ben. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is cool with his uh, understudies. I mean, Brady got Garoppolo traded. How about – Tom? I was going to say Tom Brady. Almost got him killed. <laughs> They had to be talked out of it. Just a little bit of pride with some of these guys. But I think I think Big Ben has got to be top two, top three. It, it could be a one. good spot for Rudolph if they do play because I know you you, you mentioned has, has the Steelers gotten better this offseason. Yeah, maybe not, but I think it's it's still the best roster in the NFL overall. Don't we think top one of these bottom. quarterbacks is a sneaky jerk? I don't know who is better. Wes is shaking his head. No, I don't think their defense is good at all without Ryan Chazier. Yeah. I, they just T- they gave up 500 yards minute. twice in five games without him. Cameron Hayward, Stephon it. They should be better than, than they are. T.J. Watt, decent secondary. I, I'm penciling them in again for 12 wins, whether or not that's good enough to get a home game against the Patriots because that will probably decide whether they uh, get p- by the Patriots. I My feeling on that whole rivalry has not changed. No matter the defections in New England and the loss of Ryan Shazier and whether or not we thought they adequately replaced him, I feel like these two teams are still – it's like the old Yankee Red Sox rivalry in the aughts. You just feel like they're 
on a collision course again. I wonder if anything will change with Todd Haley not there anymore at offensive coordinator. They, I mean, him the and Ben Roethlisberger that, were together. Big Ben seems a lot us. happier, actually. Rocket. Like, yeah, so, so so maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it uh, improves. Yeah, but for all of that, you know, you can make fun of Todd Haley. They were a good offense for right. him calling Ten, the play. He just likes nine, to have a good time at the bar. Eight, Don't we all? Seven, loses his balance. Six, I'm not casting stones on that. Five, <laughs> four, three, Sometimes he gets a little, two, yeah, literally a little tipsy. I've never seen you take a spill. Oh, that's. About a 50% chance every time I walk out the door. <laughs> Close it out. The Tennessee Titans. Actually, no, I, you took a, a real belly whop, uh, rounding second, running to third once, I remember, on the shield. Yeah, that's yeah, probably when the sniper got oh, my you got, hamstring. He got sniped. <laughs> Lee Harvey got your uh, back. Up in the life. trees. All right, the Tennessee Titans. Excuse me, the Titans. Turning over a new leaf in 2018. Mark Sessler. I am just looking at what they did with four picks in the draft, and I came out loving general manager John Russell. I don't know what's happening. I'll just play along with it. But what team did more with their four picks than the Titans? I feel like, and Greg, you wrote a good piece where you felt like they jumped up knowing the Patriots and snagged Patriots-types players ahead of New England, and they they came in with very little, but I think even on, on top of Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry, there is no chance of them re-signing Matt Castle this summer because they also took a quarterback west. So also Matt Castle signed with the Lions. He is that also helps. Up I, I, I mean, what's going on in this with this production? <laughs> Your voice gets it's louder. Just such and you a, talk it's faster. such a tired bit. <laughs> but you will keep at it. And I and I actually questioned Dan about it in the middle of the show. So I know that Dan is the ringleader <laughs> because look at the, on his face right now. How could you put it together? Good luck. In- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just having some fun. It's a good song. I have this Jets shirt you. that I bought for Dan. Oh. It's actually, it's it looks like more of a woman's shirt for maybe it's for Dan's wife. Going right back in the bag. Set no. <laughs> bought it, bought it on the, the weekend with wow. my own money. Oh, no. And you can thank Lindsay for that. Oh, oh. Ruined it. Oh, how the worm has turned. <laughs> with his own money. Poor Pushed t- it on his own, with my, own with my family's money wow. as a gift for your family. Why, does this all, why do these conversations always happen when we get to the Titans? Is it too late to apologize, Mark? Let's see. I the may Titans? give it to you at the end of the show if I'm feeling nice. <laughs> The history is oh, all right, all very right, all right. here. The Titans deserve a little bit of uh, bonus time, I think. That I agree. Was unrewarding. All right, let's give them two minutes. Wow. <laughs> I love this. I feel like this is the tit- it's a Titans type of time. Titans year. Like, I'm feeling the Mike Rabel. That's familiar, too. Yeah, it's a little familiar, but I'm feeling the Mike Rabel of it all. I like – we've wanted their defense to have a little more – difference makers, a little more fire. I think they have added that to some degree in the draft and with Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson certainly last year. I, I like that they kept Daquan Jones. I just I think they have a nice balance, a kind of continuity and youth and just a lot Uniforms of Uniforms a little better. A lot of different yeah. things that you're yeah. looking for in a young team. The Agreed. secondary is going to be probably one of the best. I, on paper, it looks awesome. It's a big year for Marcus Mariota, isn't it? It's a yes, huge please. year, and I think – when I watch the Titans, the one thing they've been missing to me is playmakers, guys who command and draw double teams or beat double teams on defense. And I'm not sure if they have that or not. Deion Lewis could be one. Corey Davis, a guy they drafted last year and was injured most of his rookie year, could be one. 
Delaney Walker is one. On defense, maybe Harold Landry and Rashawn Evans, the guys you drafted, can be those guys. Right now, to me, when I look at their defense, Jarrell Casey's the only guy who fits that description. And maybe Malcolm Butler comes in and sets the world on fire. But I do think they're much improved. I just wonder if those difference makers are on the roster. A little on the nose, the Patriots poach. Mm. Oh, God, this is like New England South. Yeah, yeah, sometimes when that happens, you just feel like it's it's a little bit too cute. It, it often doesn't, doesn't work, work Yeah, it doesn't work out. Uh, maybe this does. I mean, the moves make sense, the Patriots that they imported, but we'll see. That When I went back and looked at all the drafts, I realized, like, no one's happy with their general manager's drafts, like history. Like, there's so many more misses than hits. But John Robinson had two great drafts. He is two for two in having great drafts. And when you start stacking those up, then you start seeing results. But it doesn't matter. General managers all draft the same, Greg. Well, he's on a hot We don't have time to go down to the lab. All right, I'm giving you this Jet shirt back because I really don't even want it. So. Oh. But I want you to Ooh, have it's it. Soft. It's soft. It's very it, soft. I think it is a. I it am is I wrong? It is not a. It's not a shirt not for that, a man. Yeah, you buy snug on daddy. No, it's, it's gonna. It's, it's for like Emily. A, it's a scoop neck top. It's, yeah. it's for oh, Emily. It's I, I have no evidence that she cares about the Jets at all, and it is odd that Go I'm buying Jets. clothing for your wife. This but is beautiful, Mark. That's Thank you. Very much. Where did you oh, see nice. it? Uh, Long Motor uh, uh, Avenue here in Los Angeles. There was a bin of of shirts like that, and I thought oh, Dan's in a, at a, coming off a high-point draft. And Was this on your way back home Saturday? No, that wouldn't No, this was on a sense. Sunday, just walking How around. do you feel about the way that Dan treats your friendship? Uh, it's <laughs> largely positive. <laughs> outside, of, outside, you, outside of some of these network-like like arrangements, please. Mark, thank you very much. You are very welcome. And uh, Emily, uh, on, on her behalf, she thanks you as well. I'm not convinced she's going to wear it. She, I've she never will. heard her talk about the Jets. No, she's not a sports fan, but she'll she'll wear it. Okay. Little I lazy really, day on Sunday outfit. I like it. I, I really it to work. enjoyed the look on Mark's face as he was looking at the T-shirt mid-sentence uh, <laughs> and realized, wait, this is a woman's <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, I no, I no, had— You sent me a text. Yeah, I had uh, other people tell me very quickly oh, that's okay. not a man's shirt, and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, we will be back on Thursday. The old Zeuser is going to be out of town, but Connie Fox, you're going to be in the hosting chair. I'm going to hold it down. And uh, I know you're capable of it. Yep. Just don't be don't be too good because then I'm going to get all the texts like, oh, Connie's coming for Dan's job. And it's like, calm down. Take your you time coming about back. It. Wow. Yeah, dude. take your time. <laughs> Ooh, look out, Dan. Colleen's on the prowl. It's like, all right, calm down. Mm-hmm. On the prowl. Well, I, I am a wolf, so yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, yes, uh, this was around the AFC in 48 minutes. On Thursday, around the NFC in 48 minutes. I hate to miss it. I love this, but uh, I will listen. And um, great. It won't be the same without you, Dan. I'll do some pod grading, and I'll share them on Monday's show, the following Oh, I'm sure we'll be graded highly. Great. B minus. Try extra hard. (laughs) Uh, Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm. This is distracting. The mailman, (laughs) Connie Fox. The old boss and Lindsey Fulton behind the glass on the ones and twos until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.